Okay, we're up to Tzavtzadi Chesamid Beis. Seven lines from the bottom. So the Gemara's kasha was, if a person sends a shliach to sell a certain amount of land, and that shliach sends more, sells more, so definitely the extra that he sold is not good. That sale is rescinded. The question is, do we rescind the entire sale? So let's say you sell, you tell him to sell one acre and he sells five. The extra four acres of Ada is not a good sale. The question is, do we undo the first sale? Do we say that the shliach is just adding to what the Mishalayach did, so what he did works, He just the excess is not good, or no? Once you deviate from what he said, you're going off script, and then you're not considered a shliach anymore, so the entire action is is null and void. So Tashima, let's try to bring a proof. The, said, the Mishnah said it's referring to the Almana selling more or less of her ksuba value of the land, and you have to remember that Almana is a shliach of the Yarshim. That's how she's perceived. So the Mishnah said, mana. Let's say her, her ksuba is worth $100. And she sold property worth $101 for $100. The sale is null and void. So the Gemara, at first, wants to change the case. Pashtus, the case is, she sold $101 worth of land for $100. Now, I'll just explain all of this and we'll see it inside. Now, that's not exactly what we're trying to figure out, because over there, not only did she deviate from what they said, she also undersold it. Meaning, we're trying to figure out if she sold more land than she was supposed to, whether it's valid. Now, this is not valid, but if she sold $101 worth of land for $100, then not only did she deviate, she also undersold it. So, it's it's null and void for two reasons. First of all, it's deviating, but also... They could say, listen, you know, it's one thing for you to deviate, but you also undersold it. You sold $101 worth of land for $100. Maybe that's why it's null and void. So it's not a great proof. So the Gemara wants to change the case. The case the Gemara believes is she sold $101 for $101. It's not exactly what the Lushan implies, but the Gemara says, and that now it's a good case. So now it's she deviated, she added. They told her to sell 100 She sold 101 Now She sold it for the right amount, but she deviated from what they said. She was adding, she was moisif on what they said, and the halach is that it's null and void. So you see that when a, a shliach deviates and he adds to what the Mishalech told him to do, it's null and void. So the Gemara says, My lab is of and and We assume the cases where she sold $101 worth of land for $101. So she sold it for the right price. She just deviated, and you see it's bottle. And the Gemara clarifies, and what does it mean when it says she sold it for 100 It doesn't mean she sold it for $100. It means she sold it to fulfill the commitment of her $100 ksuba, but she actually sold it for $101. My mana, mana shalom. Umaya feel what does it mean that she'll return it? Of course she's going to return it. She, she sold too much. And what the mission means is she sold $101 for $101. And she's saying she's willing to return the dollar from land itself. She's not going to give back a dollar in cash. She's going to give back a dollar in land. And what do you see from the mission? You see that's null and void. So this is a perfect proof. She deviated from what they said by adding to what they said. They sell, They told her, so to speak, sell $100. She sold for $100. She sold $101 worth of land. And you see it's null and void. So Gemara says, no, it's not a good proof. Go to the next page. The case is where it's oizel, meaning she sold $101 worth of land for $100. So the reason why it's null and void is not because she deviated, it's because she undersold. 
So because she undersold, so she deviated and undersold. So we don't know what the halacha would be if she just deviated, but she actually got a good price for it. She here she deviated and she undersold. So we're saying the cases where she sold one hundred one dollars worth of land for a hundred dollars. So the Gemara says, "Let me ask you a question." That's you telling me the cases, the case she undersold. But isn't the end of the Mishnah where she undersold? Because the end of the Mishnah is she has four hundred dollar ksuba. She sells a hundred dollar worth of land, hundred dollar worth of land, hundred dollar worth of land. Then the last one she sells a hundred and one for a hundred. That's mamish underselling. So you're telling me the first case of the Mishnah and the, and the second case of the Mishnah are both talking about the same thing, which is underselling? If you tell me the first case of the Mishnah is where she sold $101 for $101, so she's not underselling, she's just deviating. Okay, so it's a chiddish. You're telling me, no, she, she undersold. But isn't that the next case of the Mishnah? So the Gemara says, how about the safe of the Oizel? Isn't this the end of the Mishnah talking about where she undercharged? Have a ratio with the Oizel. So that implies the first case is not where she undercharged. The Tani Sefer, because the next case of the Mishnah is... And she had a ksuva worth $400. She sold one plot of land for $100 to one person. A second plot of land for another person to $100. And then third, and the last one is The last one she sold is $101 for $100. It's underselling. The last one is Batal because she undersold and deviated. The first three are still Kayim. So you see, if the second case of the mission is undersold, doesn't that imply that the first case of the mission is not being undersold? So the says, Loy. No. Perhaps Reisha Besefib the Oizel. The first and second cases are where she undersold, meaning both cases are underselling. Why do you do both? The Chiddush of the Sefer is that it's only a problem if she undersold more than land that was supposed to be hers. Meaning, the reason why you need both cases is to tell you the following Chiddush. If a woman undersells the Ksuba, is the sale null and void? The answer is not necessarily no. It depends. I'll give you an example. If she has $200 worth of land, and she's owed $200, and she sells that $200 worth of land for 50 bucks, so she's underselling, but what do we say in the Mishnah? It works. Because it's only a problem to undersell when you're deviating from what they say. But that's why you need both cases. You need one case to tell you underselling doesn't work when it's deviating, and the second one is to give you the implication that it's only a problem when you're underselling and deviating. But if you're underselling and not deviating, then it's fine. Yeah, in the end of the Mishnah, it t- says that it's only a problem in the last parcel of land because that last parcel of land she sold more. The implication is, had she sold in the first parcel of land, let's say she has four hundred dollars, yeah. So the first parcel of land she sells one hundred one dollars for a hundred bucks. We would say it's a good it's a good sale because she still has a lot more land left. Meaning she could undercharge for her own land. She can't undercharge more than her ksuba. The Gemara says, so you tell me that's the Chiddush of the Mishnah. But isn't that the first case of the Mishnah? What's the first case of the Mishnah? She's owed $200. And she sells $200 for 100 bucks. She undercharged. What's the halach and the say works. And she's Mechabalik Suba. So now you're telling me that there's two things in the Mishnah, both telling you the same thing, which is that if a woman undercharges, but does not deviate, so she undercharges on her ksuba amount, it's fine to do that. So if she's worth, if she has a ksuba worth $100 and she sells a parcel of land $100 for 10 bucks, it works. If two Allah is telling me that, why do you need two Allah is telling me the same thing? So the answer is, Ma'ud the same ahasam with the stakal and ma'ibis legamri. Avohacha nigzim anarishayna, tamana achrayna, kamash balan. 
The reason why you need both cases is one to tell you where she's selling the entire ksuba at once. If she has two hundred dollar worth of ksuba and she's selling two hundred dollars worth of land for fifty bucks, one is to tell you that that works because she's undercharging, but she's not deviating. And the reason why it works is because then she's done. It's one transaction; it can't lead to other things. The second case in the mission is to tell you that if she undercharges, it works, even if she's still in the middle of selling. So let's say she has $400 with Aksuba, and she has four sellers. The first seller, she sells $100 worth of land for 50 bucks. The halach is that it works. And the chiddush is that although she has future sales, she's not done her Aksuba yet, we're not concerned that if she undercharges now, that she'll lead to undercharging and deviating in the last parcel of land. Kamash will know it works. So you have both cases telling you the same thing, which is that undercharging and deviating is a problem, but undercharging and not deviating is fine. Okay. Now, so we had a shaliyah, so we never answered it, which is that if a uh, shliach does more than the mishaleach told them to, does uh, does the does the transaction work at all? So you told them to sell an acre, and they sell five, the last four acres definitely no good. What about the first acre? It's a shayla that we haven't answered. Igadami, some have a different version of the Gemara. It's haloi tivoilach. That the answer is it's a poshit. This version of the Gemara believes that it's poshit. That if you told him to sell one acre and he sells five, the one acre is a good sale. Everyone agrees that you're not deviating, you're just adding to it. That's poshit. So what's the shayla? The cash of the Gemara really, according to this version, is the opposite, which is you told him to sell an acre and he sells a half an acre. So the Shaila is, is that considered deviating and the sale is no good? Or do you say no? He's doing half of what you said. And what, what's the depth of the question? Do we say that the Shliach can sell to tell the Mishaleach? Listen. Selling in the times of the Gemara, selling land was a was a last resort. You never wanted to sell real estate. So the Shaliyah can tell the Mishaleach, I'm doing you a favor. Maybe you don't need all the money. So I'm selling it half at a time. That way, it'll give you time to like rethink it. And the guy says, I need $100,000. I have a land with $100,000. He tells the Shaliyah, sell, sell the land. So the guy comes back with, he sold half the land for 50000 So you can say, well, what do you do? So he could say the shliach can tell mishalech, I'm doing you a favor. I'm if you sell everything, then it's 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 there's no backsies. I'm selling half. Maybe you can get away with only fifty thousand dollars. Maybe you don't really need the money. So maybe the shliach is doing him a favor, and it should be a good transaction. Perhaps the the mishalech, the 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 person who owns the land, can tell the messenger, Selling land is embarrassing. It was a last resort. I don't need people knowing that I'm selling multiple parcels of land. I'm sure also it's not good for business that people know that you're selling off land that probably you're not doing so well. Say if you do one sale, fine, but now you're doing two sales. You could say, I didn't want it to be in two in two stages. So the question is, if you do half of what, if you sell half of what the Mishalech wanted to, is that a good uh, a good, um, a good transaction? So, I'm Rav Hanini Misirat. Well, let's bring a raya from a Mishnah. Again, this is a Mishnah in Me'ila, which means if you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to benefit from Hegdish, and if you do, you have to bring a carbon. And the halacha is 
that if I send the messenger to benefit from Hegdish, if the messenger does what I told him to do, then the one who sent him is, is, is punished. If the messenger deviated and went off script, then only the messenger is punished. So what's the halacha? A guy gives a messenger a dinar. A dinar was worth six sela. So I'm going to call a dinar $600, okay, just for easy purposes. So he gives a messenger $600. He says, buy me a coat. Buy me a coat. Buy me a shirt, okay. $600, buy me a shirt. That messenger comes back, a shirt he bought for three hundred dollars. That's half. The shalish talis, and he bought a talis for three hundred dollars. So what's the halacha? So again, he told him to buy a shirt for six hundred. He buys a shirt for three hundred, and he buys the talis for three hundred. What's the halacha? Shnei emalu. They are both punished. You have the the one who sent him is punished, and the messenger is punished. Now this is a proof. What is this proof? It's proved that if you send the me- if you send the messenger to do A and he does half of A, he's considered a valid messenger, and the transaction works. Because if it's considered off script, then in this case, right? In this case, he told him to buy a coat, a shirt for six hundred dollars. He comes back with it for six hundred dollars. He got a shirt and he got a towel, which means the shirt cost six three hundred dollars. Which means he did half of what he told him to do. What's the halacha? They're both punished. Why is the one who sent them punished? Because the shliach actually did a good job. So you see that if you tell someone to do a job and he does half the job, it's considered a good shlichus. If we perceive that the shliach is doing his job, and he is merely just doing half of what he said, but it's considered a good shlichus, the halacha is, that makes sense why the one who sent him is going to be over me'ilah. Because if you say that the shliach is deviating and he's doing his own thing and he's not a messenger anymore, so then why is the one who sent them chayiv? The shliach should be chayiv. Am I more? So this is mamish arrive, what we're talking about. You told him to do A and he did half of A. You told him to buy a shirt for $600 and he bought one for 300 And he spent the other 300 to get a talus. So you see that, uh, that, that uh, if he does half the job, it's considered shlichus. The Gemara says, "No, hachamayeskinon, the isle shavish sheish b'shalish." The case over here is not where he bought a shirt for three hundred and a talis for three hundred. The case is he got a six hundred dollars shirt for three hundred dollars. Meaning, the case is not right. We thought the case was he gave him six hundred dollars. Says buy a shirt. So, so buy a shirt for six hundred dollars. He bought a shirt for three hundred. He bought a talis for three hundred. Oh, he did half the job. The answer is no. The case is where he got the six hundred dollars shirt, but he got a deal. The guy said, "For six hundred dollars, I'll give you a six hundred dollars shirt, and I'll throw in a talis also." So he got both. So he got a six hundred dollars talis, a six hundred dollars shirt. So it's not a, it's not comparable to our case. Our case is where he did half the job. He didn't do half the job. He got for six hundred dollars. He got a six hundred dollars shirt for three hundred bucks. He got a discount, but he got the valued shirt that he wanted. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, so if you're telling me that he got everything he wanted, then why is the Shliach Chayv? Right? The Shliach's only Chayv if he deviates, but if he didn't deviate, he got the $600 shirt, then the one who sent him should be Chayv only. Why is the Shliach Chayv? So the answer is, Atalus. 
because of the extra talus that he got, which was not part of the part of the decision making, so the shliach is chayev for the talus. So the mishalech is chayev for the shirt. The shliach is chayev for the talus. So here's the kasha. If you tell me the case is where he gave him six hundred dollars and the guy ended up getting a six hundred dollars shirt for three hundred bucks. Go to the end of the Mishnah. What does the end of the Mishnah say? Review the Oimer. Review the says the Balabayas, the one who sent them, is not punished. Why? Because the Balabayas can say to the Shliach, I wanted a nice shirt and you got me an inferior shirt. Meaning, the Tanakama feels that it's a good Shlichus. But Review the disagrees. The question is. If the case is where he gave him six hundred dollars to buy a shirt, and he got a six hundred dollars shirt for three hundred bucks, so why does Rabbi Yehuda say that it's not a good shlichus? He got exactly the shlich did exactly what was wanted from him. So the answer is my ra rabbe domin. The amar le i icy le b'shis kol shegain to have it shove tarti sorry. You know why Rabbi Yehuda feels it's not a good shlichus? I give I tell you here here's six hundred bucks. I want you to give me a shirt for six hundred dollars. So you come back with a $600 shirt that you got for half the price, and you spent the rest of it on a talus. Review the fields. The reason why it's not a good shlichus is because clearly these shirts, they're willing to give you a discount the more you spend. So he's giving you a $600 shirt for 300 bucks. You gave him $600. Review this says you didn't want a $600 shirt. You wanted as much shirt you can get for 600 bucks. So if you can get a six hundred dollars shirt for three hundred, you should get a twelve hundred dollars shirt for six hundred. Rabbi Yehuda feels the reason why it's not a good shlichus is because shirts back then evidently they would give a discount based on the amount of money you spent. So if I give you six hundred dollars, I don't necessarily want a six hundred dollars shirt because that he got for three hundred. I wanted the most money you could get. I wanted the most expensive shirt you can get for six hundred bucks. Which you didn't get, so you deviated. So it's not good. So if Yehuda feels it's not effective. So if Yehuda's issue is not the reason why Yehuda is upset is because Yehuda knows that he could have gotten a better shirt because they were giving discounts. Dekanami, I'll prove it to you. Dektani, might Yehuda be kidnis? Yehuda agrees when it comes to peanuts or legumes that sheshnei malu. That in that case, if you give him six hundred dollars and you say you want six hundred dollars worth of legumes and he comes back. $300, you know, $300 of legumes, $300 of something else, the halachas, they're both punished. Why? Because, go to the next page, Shakitnis Pesela, the kitnis Bepruta, Shema Minah, the reason is because Rabbi Yehuda feels that when it comes to like a shirt, you can get a better one for less money. So if you spend $300, you can get a certain value, you get $600, you can get a higher value. So if you deviate, no good. When it comes to peanuts or legumes, it wasn't like that. There's no discount. If you walk into a store and you say, hey, I'm going to buy like a couch for $1,000, they might give you, because you spend $1,000, they might give you a $1,500 couch for $1,000. But when it comes to, you go into a supermarket and you say, I'd like to buy a carton of eggs, they're not going to say, well, I'll give you a discount. There's no discount. Legumes, there's no discount. It doesn't matter how much you spent. So if you can get, so it's not like when he says $600, he wants $600 with the legumes. If you can get that less, great. But it's not like, it's not like, if, you know, I want you to spend all of it. 
there's no general discount on legumes. If you happen to get one, great. So that's why you see by a shirt that Reviuda's objection is that Reviuda feels that he didn't want a $600 shirt. He wanted the most shirt you can get for 600 bucks, and there's a difference. The Gemara just speaks out when it comes to legumes. Hey, chidami. Ilei meba'asr demizavani b'shuma. Hey, chadiyav l'sela mazli gabi In the case of legumes, now, if they give a discount, meaning that if you, you spend a certain amount, you'll get more, then why is Rav Yehuda feel that legumes are different than a shirt? The case is where it just goes by volume, it goes by uh, containers. You certain amount of containers, you're going to certain amount of legumes. It's, there's no discount, there's no deals. Um, yeah. Now, okay, fun. Okay, let's go back to the Gemara. Yeah. Now, <coughs> we had a Shaila. If you tell a Shliach to, to buy an acre of land and he sells half of an acre, does it work? So the Gemara says, I'll prove it to him from a Mishnah. Tashima. Again, the Almana is a Shliach of the assignment. What's the case of the Mishnah? The last case, what's the last case? Her ksuba is worth $400. She sells it to four people. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred. And the last one, she sold $101 for a hundred. So we said the last one doesn't work because she deviated and she sold more land than she should have. Fine, forget about the last one. The first three work. Over here, she's a shliach of theirs. She has $400. Shouldn't she be send, selling it to one person? You see that they they don't people don't generally want to sell real estate to multiple people. Over here, she sold it to four people, and there's no objection. So you see that a shliach can sell the parcel of land even in installments. Right? The shaila is you tell someone to sell an acre and they sell half an acre. Does it work? The question is, does it work? Because he could say, listen, I'm doing an installments. I'm doing a half an acre today, half it. Okay, all right. Okay, fine. Half an acre today, half an acre tomorrow. Does it work, or do you say no? I don't want multiple sales. In the case of the mission, it's four hundred dollar ksuba. She sold it in four installments. No, no objection. Why no objection? So the Gemara says, The case is, um, in the case of the Mishnah, the land is very small, and it's understood that it's going to be sold to the different people, four different people. Meaning, there's some land that makes sense to be sold to one person, and then there's some pieces of land that it makes more sense to be sold individually. Like if you're, like if I, if I tell you acres is different, but if I tell you here, I have three houses in Queens, I want you to sell three of them, and you sell them to three different owners, no one's going to make an objection because it's clear that that's meant to be bought by multiple people. That's the nature of houses. They're usually bought by different people. That's not the case. Of the, that's, that's the case of the mission. When you sold to the four people, the reason why there's no objection is because it's the type of land that's generally split up to multiple people. But the case of the Brysa, where they sold it into two, is talking about where it's not meant to be split up. It's, you know, like an acre, which is normally what you buy, and you happen to sell half of it, that's when it's a, that's when it could be potentially worse. Yeah. Fine. So, 
The Gemara continues talking about a shliach deviating from what the Mishalayach sent him. Pshita Amrla Echon. It's Pasha that if I tell a shliach, I want you to sell an acre of land to one person and not to two people. I told you not to sell to two people. If you sell to two people, it's not effective. The question is, though, let's say, Stam, you tell the shliach, I want you to sell... Oh, I, I, I forgot. I'm sorry. I should have done this at the beginning of the year. I had it in mind, but I should have done it in the beginning of the year. Um, and that is today's learning. Uh, Adam Moskovich is honoring today's daf. Rufu Shlema, David Arye ben Basia, and Tzadik ben Devora, David Arye ben Basia is uh, David Prince, who's a big tzaddik. He just donated a kidney, uh, which is really, really cool. And he should have Rufu Shlema. And the recipient is Tzadik ben Devora. He should receive it well. And uh, they should have only continued, continued Hatzlacha. So the Gemara says, so the question is, you tell a Shliach Stam, you tell a Shliach Stam that, um, you tell a Shliach Stam that uh, I want you to sell the land to one person. Now, you never said not to two, you just said one. The question is, when you say to one person, does that mean, yeah, generally one person, it could be two, I'm just giving you advice, or no, it's one person, Dafka. So, the Gemara says, Ravuna Amar, Ravuna says, when you say to one person, that's the exclusion of two, and you can't sell to two people. They say, no, one person means even two people, even a hundred. You said one, but it's Lavdavka. Rav Nachman went to Surah. They said to him, What's the halacha if I tell someone to sell a field to one person? Can he sell it to two or multiple people? He said, one is even one person. When I say to one person, it means even two, even a hundred. So they, they realized that he's saying that the shliach can deviate slightly, because when he said one, he, he, he could even do a hundred. The question is, what if instead of deviating, he made a mistake and he undercharged? What would that be? Again, and not undercharge in the case of the almana, where she's keeping the money. I send a shliach to sell land for me, and I say one person, he could sell even to a hundred. So the Gemara understood that means that if he can deviate, how far can he deviate? What if I say, sell to one person for a hundred dollars, and he sells it for ten bucks? Does that work? No, I never said that he could undercharge. That's, of course, bottle. They said, but wait, isn't there no Aina? Aina means that you can't charge more or less. You can't charge more than a six or less than a six. That has to do with Aina. You can't charge someone more than a six, and it's a problem of ribis. There's no ribis on land. You could charge uh, more or less for land. There's no issue. So if you could undercharge, so why is the sale null and void? So the answer is very simple. Yeah, that's when the owner of the land undercharges. It's his prerogative to undercharge. But when it comes to the shliach to undercharge, he could the 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 mishaleach can say, I, I pointed you as a shliach to help me, not to hurt me. You don't have a right. You have the right to sell it. You don't have the right to cheapen it. I've mentioned this many times in Chassidish Yurim, and that was a big tzaddik neighbor of Avram Weinfeld, and he has a he has a chuba sefer called Leiv Avram, and in the introduction to Leiv Avram, he describes the premise of. Uh, breaking halacha for Kirov purposes and how against it he was. I'm not talking about relying on a terim. He's saying, you know, just like to do an iser, you know, to do an iser because 
you know, the Frakirov. There's no such thing. And he says, We're Shluchim of Hashem. We're Shluchim to sell Hashem's Torah. You see from the Sugya, a Shliach can't cheapen the product. You can't undercharge. It doesn't work like that. That's, uh, that's not our right. Okay. So you're saying right now that when it comes to undercharging, whether the sale is void depends. The Balabayas can undercharge his land. That's his prerogative. But a Shliach cannot undercharge. Where do we find that there's a difference between the actions of a shliach and the actions of a balabayis when it comes to the value of the product? It's none. The Mishnah says, we know that when it comes to truma, the amount of truma is either a 40th, a 50th, or a 60th. Depending on how generous you were. If you were really generous, it would be a 40th. If you were cheaper, it would be a 60th. And the average person was 50th. So the Mishnah is talking about, if I appoint someone to separate truma, and I never specified how much, if I just say, save the Torah, I say, I, it's a separate truma for me, I never told you how much, so 40, 50, 60, what's the halacha? Torah kedas balabayis. You try to figure out how generous the balabayis is. If he's a more stingy person, you go 60th. If he's more generous, the 40th. But many a day, that's balabayis, let's say, I don't know his nature. Then, you go 50th, which is the average person. Pachas asara, if you go 40th or 60th, trumas and truma, it works, because 40, 50, or 60th are all valid. Now, if you go to take a tenth off, it wouldn't work, because you're a shliach. But regarding the owner itself, the halacha is that if I want to separate truma from my own stock, my own my own field, and I give a tenth or a twentieth, it works, because it's my prerogative. But a shliach can't do that. So you see, there's a distinction between a shliach and a non-shliach. Now, before we mentioned. Gemara is reiterating, we already had this before, we had a, a concept that if I tell someone to sell one person, can he sell to multiple people? Now, again, the reason against selling multiple people, potentially, is because people don't like to have a lot of, it's bad rumors, people are going to find out that people I'm selling to a lot of people, it's not good for my business. So Tashima, wait, you're telling me that it's potentially an issue, but we, we had this before, but the Mishnah said, if you have a woman who's selling, again, the almana is a shliach of the Yarshim, and she has a $400 ksuba, she could sell it to four people, and no one objected. I think Amar is going to answer, we're talking about the type of land that's generally sold to multiple people, like I said, the example of the houses. So why could she sell to multiple people? You see that people don't object to selling the land to multiple people, and the answer is, I'm going the cases we're talking about small parcels of land that are not connected where it's normal to sell to multiple people okay uh, we'll do the mission then we'll stop we were talking before about a shliach underselling the land and whether it's effective over here the mission is going to be dealing with a bezdin let's say a bezdin is appraising land or selling land for orphans to sell to deal with debts and they erred and they undersold. So, Shuma Dayonim, if property was sold according to a Bezdin's appraisal, Shepichsu Shtus, and they undervalued it a six, a Hesifu Shtus, or they overvalued it a six, Machron Bottle. It's not good. You can't undervalue or overvalue a six. That's already considered too egregious of an error. Even overvaluing hurts the buyer. And Bezdin also, so Bezdin has a little more leeway. They have, like the average, if you send a shliach and he undervalues it at all, it's not a good sale. Over here, they have up to a sixth. 
Rav Shem disagrees. He says, no, Machen Kayim, even a six it works. Why? Because Bezdin has to have strength. And if Bezdin, if we just nullify sales from Bezdin very easily, then Bezdin's going to lose their power. So Bezdin has to have power, so even if it's a six, it's a valid sale. Avalam also Igeris Bakaris Benayam Afilu Machroi Shavamana Masayim Asham Masai Mana Machankai. According to the Tanakama, a sixth more than a sixth is a problem. It says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, if Bezdin announced made the Hachraza, as we talked about in the past, that whenever you were sell orphans land, they would announce for thirty days their desire to sell, and they would gather all the buyers together. If after doing that, they undersold it 50%, the halach is it's a good sale. Why? Because the issue is when they make a mistake. Over here, they tried to sell it for 30 days. They announced it. If nobody came forward and the best deal they can get is 50% of the value, then that's the best deal. Then it's obviously a buyer's market, not a seller's market. The whole Shiloh of whether it's bottle is the assumption that they made a mistake. They undercharged when they could have gotten more money. But if they announce for 30 days and that's the best offer they can get, then... And then that's not a mistake. That that's just the market telling you that it's it's not great right now. All right, we'll stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow, Mr.